Well, good morning, everybody. Thanks for the ban. It's been, been brilliant morning. Do you like Star Trek? Yes. 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 Well, then we said no. You, you need counselling afterwards. We can, can arrange that. But uh, I, I like Star Trek. If you don't like Star Trek, then you can just turn off for, for two minutes. But, but I, I like Star Trek. There are all sorts of all sorts of different Star Trek series, all the original series, or the next generation, Voyager, Enterprise, Discovery, all, all different uh, DS9, yeah. Uh, but what I, what I used to like was, was when there was a crossover from, from one to another. Happened in the next generation, you get, uh, in the first episode of the next generation, Dr. McCoy from the original series, he appeared, and then later on, another episode, I didn't expect it. Scotty appeared in one of the episodes, and, and then uh, Spock appeared, and occasionally it happened, these crossover episodes. And I used to, to love these crossover episodes where you got one of the characters from one of the other series appearing. In the Bible, um, you expect to see Jesus in the New Testament, but often there's like a crossover when he actually appears in, in, in the Old Testament, actually it's all the way through the Old Testament, but we don't always see him clearly. But sometimes you see him a bit more clearly in the Old Testament. <clears throat> in, the, uh, in the live lounge the other, the other week, we had, had a question time. And one of the questions was, do you prefer the Old Testament or the New? I just had to give one word answer, old or new. And I like the New Testament, but I also like when we look in the Old Testament, seeing how it shows us what Jesus is like. You know, Jesus is, is still there. Right from the very first chapter of, uh, of, the, uh, of Genesis, Jesus is there. And the more we read it, then the more we see him. And as, as we look further on in, in the scriptures, then we see uh, more and more how, how Jesus is, was there in, in the Old Testament. The book of Daniel has got a lot about Jesus in, him, in it. As has... All the Old Testament. But um, there are times when, when we look uh, into, into the certain passage and it shows Jesus a little bit more clearly. Just going to a little bit of background into Daniel. Daniel was one of the Old Testament prophets. The book of Daniel, it's uh, um, some, of, uh, some of the passages that are like historical literature. Some of them are, uh, are prophecy and um, got some really strange passages in some of them, uh, but some of it is just uh, his historical um, narrative. So Daniel and his, his, th- his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were Jews, but they were been exiled, been taken away, they've been carried away uh, to, the, to Babylon, where they've been taken uh, by force. But uh, as, they, uh, uh, as they became known, they, they, they became... Uh, um, Quite influential in, uh, in 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 Babylon under uh, various regimes, under Nebuchadnezzar, Belshazzar, Darius, Cyrus, all these these different regimes. Um, these four people that they managed to be quite influential throughout them all throughout the the time. Although there were often people who were trying to plot their downfall. In the account that we're looking at, Daniel is absent. Actually, this. this um, this, this message I'm bringing today is something I've, I've been, it's been on my mind for, for a long time. I've been bring, meaning to bring it for, um, 
each time I've been speaking, I've been going to bring this, but then it's, it's not been right. And, uh, and so it's, um, we've been singing it recently, and not, not today, but we've recently been singing about uh, the, the, um, the, there's one standing in the fire next to me. That's based on, on the passage that we're going to look at. And it's, I've not picked it because we've been singing it recently, but it's been, it's been there. I've been going to bring it for quite a long time, but it's, it's just never, never been the right time. I think it probably is, is the right time. Um, in, in this account that we're looking at, this uh, account where uh, these three people, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, they're going to the, uh, in the fiery furnace, which we're going to look at soon. Daniel is not, is not in this uh, particular one. Um, he's probably away on business. We don't know where he is, but he's, he's somewhere else. But Nebuchadnezzar, the king, was previously had, had an encounter with, uh, with, with Daniel, who was pointed him to, uh, to, to the God of the Bible and his, uh, through a dream that he interpreted but, uh, and he declared his, his loyalty to God but that seems short-lived because Nebuchadnezzar, he, uh, he builds a big statue. He's, he's, he's a leader and he's got quite an ego to him. Uh, a lot of uh, um, world leaders have got egos that's, uh, we might have noticed that sometimes. But Nebuchadnezzar, he had an ego. And what he said, that went. If he said it, then you had to carry out what he said. And he said, uh, this, this um, statue, whenever, um, we, uh, whenever we hear the sound of the instruments, then you've got to bow down and worship it. So there was a number of instruments, the horn, the flute, the zither, the harp, the lyre, the pipes. I had to look at what a zither was thought it was some sort of disease. I've got the zithers today, but, but it's not. But whenever you heard these instruments, you had to bow down and worship this image. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they weren't going to do that. We're going to read from uh, Daniel chapter 3. And uh, if you can put it up on the screen. Now Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego said we're not going to bow down to this image and they refused to do it. So when the king heard that, he said, uh, well he wasn't happy. And this is what it said, he says, Nebuchadnezzar spoke saying to them, is it true Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? Now if you are ready at the time you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, harp, lion, psaltery in symphony with all kinds of music and you fall down and worship the image which I have made good. But if you do not worship you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Next one please. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver you, us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor do we worship the gold image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and the expression on his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning fiery furnace. 
Then these man, men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments, and they were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent, and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of fire killed these men, and took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counsellors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the, to the king, True, O king. Look, he answered, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Brilliant, isn't it? That's uh, um, God's God's word. If you want to put the next next slide on, if, uh, I, th- I thought I nearly put I nearly showed the, the Lego version of uh, of this. If you've not if you've not seen it, then, then watch it when you get home. Google it. It's brilliant, especially when the uh, the men shrivel up or throw him in into the fire. <laughs> so we were made to worship. That's, that's how we were made. And uh, if, we, if we don't worship God, if we don't worship the, the true God, then we're going to worship something. If you, recently, there was um, a comment by Richard Dawkins. He's uh, a professional atheist. And, uh, and, and he made a comment about a certain political view. And I'm not going to say what it was because I don't want to divide it. You might have read it, you might not. And he said that these, um, these people who um, follow this view, then it's like a religion, he said. They treat it like a religion. I thought that was quite interesting because I think there's one of the most religious people I know is Richard Dawkins, actually, because his, his philosophy of atheism, it's like a religion. And he's got his followers who are, who are, who seem, who are very religious in the, the following of him. Because... He's, not, he's got no time for God in his life, but he's still got that place where something's got to take that place. Whether he believes in God or not, whether he acknowledges that, and something takes that place of God in his life. Because he was made like we all were made. We were made to worship. And if we don't uh, have put God put Jesus in that place where he's supposed to be. Then something will take that place, whatever it is. It says in Ecclesiastes 3 verse 11, he has made everything beautiful in its time and he's also set eternity in the human heart. That means that in our heart, in the human heart, there's that place for God, that place which only God can fill. And when we, when we don't put him there, then something is going to take that place. Nebuchadnezzar realized how important to force music was in, in, uh, in influencing people. Sometimes it can be used for good. And we, we've got a great uh, worship band and it will help us to focus on, uh, on Jesus and, and to look to him. Um, Nebuchadnezzar used this, um, used music to, um, to, to direct people to, to worship this image, this, this false image, this, uh, this idol. So these, these three people, they were faced with a decision. Would they bow down and worship the image or would they remain true to God? How would they react? 
I wish I could say with certainty that, that if I was in that situation, that I would do the right thing, that I would declare, so I'm not going to bow down, I'm going to serve God. I don't know. I don't know if I would or not. I've never been in that situation. We can look at them and say, well, that's what they did. They, they, they did the right thing. That's what they should have done. Is a quote. Who can tell me what this book is from? It is always the person not in the predicament who knows what ought to have been done and would unquestionably have done it to... Who knows where that's from? Jewel should know. Yeah. No. No. No, it's not, no. Paul, you should know. Paul, you know, it's... Uh, <laughs> Right, it's from A Christmas Carol by, by Charles Dickens. And uh, that's, the first, that's the first mention this year from A Christmas Carol. I've got it in before anybody else. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, all right. not me, not yet. But yeah, and we, we always know what, should, what somebody else should do, shouldn't we? And we all could say, well, that's what they should do. And... Uh, but when we're in that situation, then it's not always so easy. I don't know how I'd react in that situation. But Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, they decided beforehand how they were going to react. They could have made excuses, but no, they decided they were not going to bow down. So when the time came, then they stood fast. We need to sometimes decide beforehand that we're not going to compromise been hearing about tradition this morning. Some things that we do are based on tradition. We can have traditions in our family and, uh, and, and we can have traditions uh, if we're not careful that, that are in church. Some things we can change, some things we can alter and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, believe it or not, what colour chair you sit on. It's not in the Bible, what colour chair you need to sit on. It's not, it doesn't matter what colour T-shirts we wear on uh, the welcome team. And we need to wear them. Uh, we need, but the <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we've got to sort that out. Yeah, definitely. But it doesn't matter what colour. It uh, can be any colour. Whatever colour we think is best. But some things do matter. Some things we can't alter. Some things we can't change. And that is what we... Uh, what is alterable is the gospel of Jesus Christ, that, that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is the one name in which there is salvation. That is what we uh, believe, and that is inalterable, uh, unalterable. Everything else can change. Everything around us, it can change. The things that we see are not the things that are permanent, but we base our hope and our, our faith and our foundation on the fact that Jesus is Lord. But when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't bow down, these, these group of people, uh, and they, they went, they, they were uh, high-up people, Chaldeans, and they went to the king, and they, they told the tale. You know, all the, the, you know, all the type of people, and they, they said to the king, as if, as if they didn't know, oh, didn't, you, didn't you say, king, that uh, you were supposed to bow down to the image? And the king said, yeah, we were. And they said, well, there's some people who won't do that. That's, this, is, this is what they said. There was, they said to the king, there were some Jews who were upset over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, your majesty. 
They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold that you have set up. They refused to bow down. They stood firm. But the king thought he was being generous and he gave them another chance. And he says, I'm going to give you another chance and to bow down when you hear the sound of these instruments. But if you don't, who is the God who will deliver you from my hand? That's a bit of a silly question. Again, Nebuchadnezzar shows he's a bit of an egomaniac. You know, he, who is the God who can deliver you from my hand? Well, you're going to find out. The king is angry when, when they don't bow down. But their response is perhaps the, the high watermark in, in this chapter. The, well, the high watermark is in the book of Daniel. It's, I think it might be coming up now. It says, if we are thrown into the, into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to li- deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. They nail their colors to the mast. They declare their faith in God to deliver them from whatever the king would throw at them. Who is the God who will deliver them? The God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the God who they serve, the God of the Bible. That is the God who is going to deliver them from the hand of the king. This is perhaps one of the greatest examples of faith in the Bible. It's uh, where they say, we believe that God is able. We believe that God is able. We believe that God is going to deliver us and that he will deliver us from your hand, O king. He has shown his faithfulness in the past and he's going to continue to show his faithfulness in the future. We believe that he's going to be faithful now. We believe and they declared that he believed that he was going to deliver them. But they said, even if he didn't deliver them, then they would still not bow down and worship the statue. They had faith to believe that God could, but they didn't tie God's hands. They knew that God was so much bigger than any single idea of what uh, they thought it was like. Whatever the outcome, they still believed that God was faithful. It's such an important idea for us to get older, and we're going to come back to that uh, later. But the king was angry. He was angry that they didn't uh, do what he said, that they didn't bow down to the image that he set up. And he commanded them to be thrown immediately into the uh, furnace. It was a big industrial furnace, and uh, he commanded that they be thrown into the furnace. And he says, it's got to be heated up seven times hotter than usual. That's probably a a figure of speech, meaning as hot as possible. Make the, the furnace as hot as it possibly can be. You ever, have you ever burnt yourself? I've, when, I, when, I, when I was a kid, very, very small, a lot small, and uh, I did something really silly, and my mum might not want to listen just now. Cause, um, <laughs> she's, uh, when, you know, when, when you're a kid, you know, people try and get you to, to smoke cigarettes, and, you know, and uh, not something I recommend. And you know, somebody got out, and I tried it out, tried smoking, but somebody said to me, and I was gullible, and I was not very old. And they said to me, you don't need a cigarette. All you need to do is to get a piece of paper and light it. <laughs> and try smoking on that. And so, well, I thought, I'll, I'll give it a try. It hurt. 
Yeah, talk, talk about having a sore throat, you know. It stopped me from ever smoking again, at least. But I believed, I believed them, you know. Why, why would somebody lie to me, you know? It's, uh, but yeah, that, that was painful. It weren't, weren't pleasant. And, uh, but this furnace, it, it was hot. It was, it was very hot. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were tied up and they were thrown into the furnace. And it was so hot that the, that the people who threw them in, it, it killed them. It was so hot. The king observed what was happening and he expected them to be uh, burned up into a shriveled husk. But as he was watching them, uh, he was amazed because they were stood up in the fire. I can't blame him for being amazed because it's not the sort of thing you see every day, is it? Somebody walking about in the middle of the fire. And not only was the Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego there, but it was someone else with them. Someone was with them in the fire. We, we've sung about this uh, in, in recently. Who was it who was in the fire? Some people say it was an angel. I think it was Jesus. It was Jesus in the fire who was with them. He was making an appearance, showing himself in, uh, in the Old Testament pages. Some translations have Nebuchadnezzar saying that his fourth person looked like the Son of God. It's probably more accurate to, to say that he, he said it, it was someone who looked like a, a son of the gods. Um, that's because um, you know, Nebuchadnezzar, um, even though he saw this person, it doesn't mean that he had his, a theology suddenly of, of who Jesus was and of the divinity of Jesus. But he saw something that he couldn't understand, that he couldn't comprehend. I, I believe it certainly was Jesus, the son of God. But Nebuchadnezzar didn't have the... Uh, capacity to understand who, what that meant. And he said, this person in the, uh, in the fire, he looks like a son of the gods or, or the son of God, whichever translation you, you look at. But whatever he means, it, it, it was Jesus who was in there with Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. They were going through the fire, but Jesus was with them. Sometimes people see Jesus working in our lives. And they might recognize something happening, but they don't understand what it is. They don't understand what is, what is happening in our lives. And that might give us a chance to, to explain it. They might ask us, say, what, what is it all about? That's when we get the chance to tell them and to explain more, more fully what is happening. In a way, this passage almost interprets itself. The, the meaning seems so clear as we, as we sing, there's another in the fire standing next to me. How many of us can relate to that? Can relate to that when we, we're going through trials? We're going through a trial, like we're going through one now. Sometimes everything seems to happen all at once. It seems to be one thing and then another and then another. And then we think, at least God's not going to allow any, anything else to come to me now. And then something else happens as well. And we think, what on earth is happening? How can so many things happen all at once? Life is like that sometimes, and sometimes it can be hard to make sense of it. What is the, the fire that you're going through? Maybe you think it's trivial compared to what others are going through. Well, if it concerns you, if, you, if it's something that matters to you, well, then, it, then it matters. It matters to God. 
So whatever the fire is that you're in right now, if you put your faith in Jesus, then there's someone else in the fire with you. There's someone else going through it with you. And that is Jesus. Jesus is there. Jesus is not absent. Sometimes we, we can't see him. But he's still there. He's still with us. So whatever that, that fire is that we're going through. I wonder what it was like for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in that fire. I'd love to have been a fly on the wall, a, a fireproof fly on the wall. But uh, you know, just, to, just to see what, what, what it was like. What, did, did, it, did, this, did this Jesus speak to them? Did he say anything to them? What, what, what actually what were they doing? We don't know. We see from the, from the outside looking in as to what was happening. And sometimes that is what life is like. You know, people, people, have you ever, have you ever had that situation where you've, people have said, I'm, I'm really encouraged by the faith that you've shown, I'm, you, by the gifting that you've got, you've got such a gifting and you think, I've got the right person. You know, they didn't see me when I was hammering that nail and I hit my thumb, how I reacted. They didn't see me when I fell down the stairs this morning and I, tripped on the, the dog and I fell on the car and they didn't see the way, way I behaved, they didn't see the way I behaved in the, in the traffic when somebody cut in front of me but yet they still see Jesus they still see Jesus working in your life and often we don't see it in our own lives, we don't see it but somebody else looking from the outside they, see it, they say I see Jesus, I see God working in you I see the way you've grown, I see the gifting that you've got and we don't always see that ourselves. That's, that's often what, what life is like. It's often as others observe us that they actually see the way God has been with us and the way God has equipped us. So just because you, you, you don't feel that way yourself, just because you don't, you don't know just exactly what God is doing and God is still there and God is working in you when we go through the fire we can be sure that, that Jesus doesn't leave us to get on with it on our own but he's right there and he's going to keep us and he's going to bring us through it says in John 10 28 Jesus says I give them eternal life they shall never perish and no one shall snatch them out of my hand our hope isn't limited to what is happening in the here and now our hope is is for a great future. And we've got, we've got the best future. The best is, is yet to come. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, they, they came out of the fire. The king called them out and they came out unscathed. They didn't even smell of smoke. Have you ever put your washing out and somebody's lit a fire? Yeah. That, that's, that's really annoying to you. They put your washing out and then somebody lights a fire and then it all smells of smoke and then you've, you've got to wash it again. But they didn't smell a fire. There was no smell. There was no scorching. There was no burning on them. The interesting thing is that, that when they came out of the fire, the only thing that was gone was uh, the, the ropes that had, had bound them. The things what uh, had limited them, the things what had uh, hindered them, they were the things that had gone. Uh, the, 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 the binds, the ropes um, that they had. They came out of the fire actually freer than when they went in. Freer, is that a word? Or is it more free? Is it, uh, um, 
I mentioned earlier that um, the faith of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego displayed one of the greatest examples of faith in the Bible. I don't mean by that they had greater faith than anybody else, although they they had great faith. What I mean is it's it's a great example of what faith is like. Are you like me? If somebody explains something to you, then it goes out of me. I'd sooner have explained it. How do you do something? And they tell me what to do, and I think, I can't remember. But if somebody shows me, then it's, it sinks in better. If you like it at school, you know, when you were at school, you used to, um, you used to have the, the, the problem on the board. But if, if, the, if the teacher wrote an example, an example on the board, yeah, that, that shows me how, how to work through, how, how, how to work my thinking. Sometimes I need an example. I need to, to see what faith is like. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, an, an example of faith. We look at them and we see what faith is like. This is what faith is. They said, we've read this verse already, but they said, it's an important verse, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the, our, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know your majesty that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. Their faith has been described as the if not faith. Sometimes some people give, paint the picture of, of when you follow Jesus, then everything's fine, everything's brilliant. And if you've got enough faith, then anything can happen and anything will happen if you want it and claim it. If that's a picture of faith that we portray, then we do people a disservice. Faith isn't only for when everything's going well. Faith is also for when you're broken. Faith is for when you don't know what's happening. Faith is for when we're going through all the trials. Faith is having confidence in God to deliver us and having that utmost confidence that God can deliver us but trusting God, whatever happens. Even if it doesn't go according to plan, I will still trust in you. Hebrews is one of my favourite books in the Bible. I've actually, actually one of my favourite books is Ecclesiastes, what we've always men- already mentioned, which is a pretty pessimistic book, so if you want to judge what that says about me, then you can do. But I also like Hebrews. Hebrews is, is, is a great book. And it talks about Jesus and about what he's done for us and what he's doing for us now. And, uh, Hebrews 11 is the, the great faith chapter. It's, it's, it's known as the great faith chapter because it speaks about these, these great people of faith. And the writer <clears throat> seeks to stir up our faith and he uses many Old Testament examples of people who showed great faith. Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Jacob, Joseph, Rahab. The list goes on. All these people, they, showed, they, they demonstrated great faith. <clears throat> and because of the great faith, they were, they were delivered. They, were, uh, they, they did great exploits, they did great works for God. And they're great examples. And, and he lists them. And he lists the faith, what they had. And he, lists, and he shows what they did. Then the writer goes on to mention the name of a whole bunch of other people. We said he doesn't have time to tell us about. 
And like a typical preacher, he then goes on and tells us all about these people who he says he's not got time to tell us about. And then there's another group of people at the end of the chapter. And he says, these are are the ones that we don't actually pay that much attention to. We often leave this bit out. And he says, the others, these are the others that the writer mentioned. Others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at and their, their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained, imprisoned. Some died by stoning. Some were sawn in half. Others were killed with the sword. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats, destitute and oppressed and mistreated. They were too good for this world, wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith. Yet none of them received all that God had promised. That might not seem like a very encouraging list. I think it's, it's very encouraging because that tells us we don't have to have a great testimony as to what God is doing now. I love, I love hearing testimonies. But sometimes, have you ever been in that place when you, somebody gives a testimony and, and it's great and it's encouraging, but you think, well, what's my testimony? I don't know what God's doing right now. But God is still working. Even when we don't know what he's doing, He's still working. We, we make the mistake of thinking that, that God is working when we see clearly what he's doing. When we see uh, clearly the answers to prayer, which is, is good. And we need to encourage each other. We need to believe that God answers prayer and that God works in that way. That God works in miraculous ways. But we also need to realize that, that when we're not experiencing that, that doesn't mean that God's not working. God is still working. God is still at work. God is still powerful. And God is still doing his thing. And God has not forgotten us. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego declared that they would trust God no matter what happened. They would not bow down if things didn't go according to plan. If things didn't work out, it wasn't because their faith was at fault. The passage in Hebrews shows us that having faith in Jesus doesn't suddenly iron out all our problems in life. If, if anyone ever gave you that impression, then they misled you. Trusting in Jesus doesn't mean that our problems are ironed out. It doesn't mean that we've got no problems. Sometimes if we aren't careful, we can exclude people who are struggling. We can exclude them and make them think that, that God isn't working, that God's got nowhere for them. Well, that's not true. There are no circumstances in life where faith won't work. Years ago, another one, another, I'm a bit older this time, but we, we used to go camping. Me and my brother used to go camping. And, uh, and what one, we went, went camping one time, and I said to him, you don't, we don't need to take a tin opener. We've got, got tins of food. We don't need to take a tin opener. I've got a Swiss Army knife, and it's got, it's got everything on it. It's got everything on this, everything that you could hope for. And it's got this tin on, and, you know, so, so we went, we got this a tin of beans or whatever, and we, oh, trying to open this tin of beans or whatever it was, this, this, it, 
it, by the time I finished with this tin, it had more jagged edges on it, like, well, like a, a lethal weapon, you know, but still not managed to actually get into the tin, you know. And, uh, you know, it looked good, but it wasn't, wasn't a proper one. It was like a cheap knife, you know, so I'd not got the proper thing. You know, I've been careful with my money, you know, like, but sometimes, you know, and so this, this knife, it looked good. It looked as though it could do anything. But it, when it come to, to doing it, it didn't work. Faith is not like that. Faith doesn't just look good. Faith works in any situation. There are no circumstances in life where faith doesn't work. There are no conditions in which faith doesn't work. Faith works best in adverse conditions. We don't have to feel second class because our circumstances are not, don't seem brilliant. We don't have to feel deflated because we don't see the results that someone else seems to be experiencing and seems to be showing. God is still faithful. When did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego gain the victory? Was it when they were in a furnace? Was it when? Was it when? Jesus came and stood alongside them. Was it when they came out of the furnace? I don't think that's when they gained the victory. They gained the victory when they said, we will not bow down because we have got faith in our God. We've got faith that he will deliver us. They they believe that God would deliver them. And so I'm not saying that we shouldn't believe that. We're not saying we shouldn't believe that. They had faith that God could. They had faith that he would. But yet they didn't tie his hands and said, but even if not, we will still trust in him. That is when they won the victory. Whatever else happened, they had won the victory. It says in 1 John 5 verse 4, Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. This is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. What John says is that faith itself is the victory. When we put our trust in God, when we say, I'm going to trust in you, Jesus, when we put our trust in Jesus, that is the victory that we've achieved then. There might be great things happening, there might be fruits happening from that, but the victory is faith. At that moment when we say, I will trust in you, Jesus, whatever happens, I'm going to trust in you, that is the victory. Living victoriously doesn't mean that we live a problem-free existence. It doesn't mean that we don't have struggles and questions. Living victoriously means that we trust in Jesus when the trials come. We are living victoriously when we put our faith in Jesus. And it may well produce the fruit of great answers to prayer. That's certainly, that we should be looking for that. We should be looking for the answers to prayer. We should be looking for the, uh, the, the testimonies of God's work. And we should be looking and believing for the miracles. But living victoriously is when we put our faith in Jesus no matter what happens. We really need to get, get hold of this. It's possible to be a Christian and to suffer from depression and still be living victoriously because you're trusting in Jesus. It's still be a Christian and to have struggles with our families and to have conflicts there 
and still be living victoriously because we're trusting in Jesus. It's possible to be a Christian and to, to lose your job and still to be living victoriously because you're trusting in Jesus. It's possible to be a Christian and, and to even have addiction issues and still be victorious because you're trusting in Jesus and that he's going to work throughout this out and get through it. It's possible to be a Christian and to live victorious and to watch someone who you love fade away with dementia and still be victorious because God is faithful. It's not dependent on our outward circumstances. And the moment we start thinking, it's all dependent on what is happening in our outward circumstances. When we're distracted, you can be a victorious Christian and be going through the hardest of times. You can be a victorious Christian and not know what's happening. Because you say, whatever circumstance I'm going through, I am trusting in Jesus. And Jesus is faithful. Jesus will be faithful. But we must never give the, give the um, picture that if you trust in Jesus, then everything is going to be worked out and everything is going to be brilliant in this life. That's simply unscriptural. When we put our faith in Jesus, whatever our outward circumstances, if the band want to be making the way back, please. When we put our faith in Jesus, whatever our outward circumstances, then we have the victory. When we put our faith in Jesus, our outward circumstances are not dependent on that victory. Faith is the victory. We can have the assurance that when we do feel as if we're in the fire, then Jesus is there with us. Even if we don't know that he's there, even if we don't see him, often it's others who might see him. Often it's others who see and say, it's amazing the way you've handled that. And you think, I don't feel amazing. But yet, they see Jesus with us. Faith has been in relationship with Jesus. That's why faith is the victory. That's why we can be victorious. So wherever we are this morning, we can live a victorious Christian life. Being a victorious Christian doesn't mean that you testify that all your prayers are answered. It doesn't mean that everything works out how you wanted it to work out. Being a victorious Christian means you put your faith and your trust in Jesus. And I don't have to be a prophet to, to, to know that there are people here this morning who are going through a fire. That's, that's the way life is. That's the way life, life treats us sometimes. Sometimes we are in a fire and it seems that everything is coming against us. But you can have that assurance that Jesus is there. Trust in Jesus at that time. And you can live victoriously, not because all your problems are going to disappear but because God is faithful and he will never let us down and he will be with us and he will walk with us through the darkest of circumstances, through the hardest of of trials and he will not let us go and he will not be unfaithful because he's a good God. He's a God who loves us and he's a God who gave his son Jesus to die for us. That is how much he loves you. So don't doubt God's love. Don't think that because you're going through the trial that it's a sign that God doesn't love you or he doesn't care. God loves you. You might want to, you might want to, if you're going through a trial, you might want to receive prayer. 
if you want to receive prayer, then, then come, and, come on and, be, and be prayed for. There's nothing magic about it. It's just sometimes it can, can help if, if we've got, you've got somebody to, to stand alongside us and to, uh, to say, you know, we're with you through that. And just to remind us that, that yeah, God is with you and that Jesus is walking through it with you. So if, if that is you this morning, if you need uh, just, to, just to, someone just to come alongside you and just to be with you as uh, to what you're going through and just to, to, have, just to pray with you, just to encourage you, then just, just come forward as, we, as we're singing this final song and remember that God is faithful and will continue to be so.